Expecto Podronecast! Welcome to Mischief Managed Podcast, your recommended dose of Harry Potter nonsense straight into your ear hole. Sorry, George. For the discerning witch or wizard. And muggles. And squibs. No discriminations here. Well, no trolls. Fuck trolls! On today's episode, our topic is... JK as a writer. And of course, our reoccurring segments brought to you by us nerds... Katie. Laura. Kate. And most importantly, me, Craig, seeing as I'm the only wizard among these witches. Now on with the show! Uh... Welcome to Mischief Managed Podcast. We have two awesome guests. Uh, one is a returning and the other one is brand new. We have Ed and Rasheen joining us all the way from Ingleland. Wales. Hello. Across the hey guys, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having us on. No worries. Very excited you could join us. We've been saving Rasheen for a time when the world really needs it, you know, because she yeah. is so magical <laughs> and charming and lovely. So you're Social. welcome, everyone. <laughs> Watch me flop. <laughs> Drinking a cup up. of confidence today. <laughs> uh, no, Ed, I think, what episode were you on? It was like a really long time ago. I think it was the Britishisms one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right. maybe 16? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was 2016. Oh, good Lord. Wow. So an early one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought you guys have been going for ages and ages, I think. We sure have. When I first <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you just for just for context, uh, uh, Ed and Machine were uh, living in Toronto for, what, about, was it about a year? Or was it less than that? Yeah, about mm-hmm. a year. And you guys just moved back. Um, but yeah, we wanted to uh, have a nice Zoom chat and catch up with friends and talk Potter because we're all fans, so why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> uh, what house are you, Rasheen? I am a Ravenclaw. Yay! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Figures. And I think sense. I'm a Hufflepuff, I think. Very good. He is. I We've done it many, many times. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to diss any of the houses, but I think I might be a Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> that's that's uh, crazy we actually have like a just two houses represented here really because uh laura and i are also ravenclaw and craig's a hufflepuff so mm-hmm. it's an even split it's hufflepuff the versus ravenclaw it's perfect the battle yeah. you didn't ask for <laughs> <laughs> the most boring of quidditch matches <laughs> i don't know i think cho chang slays so <laughs> yeah Patrick diggory did yeah. really well i think that would be a yeah. fun battle match. of the titans i'd go yeah, yeah. i wonder i guess they didn't play Quidditch against each other because it was cancelled in the fourth year when they or in the fourth book when they got together. I uh, assume like, they were on their teams gone. the year before though. Yeah. But they weren't together yet. Mm-hmm. No. True. But they no. were flying by each other in the sky, you know. You know how it goes. <laughs> Checking out the blurs. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, do you play that Quidditch? I couldn't tell because you fly so fast. I don't know. That was bad. I, I can't pick people up, so thank you for being there. <laughs> okay um so yeah we usually do this i think with uh with new guests and i kind of forget your answer but like we ask how did you guys get into harry potter like when did you first start reading it did you watch the movies first um so yeah i guess uh yeah refresher and refresher and then new machine info uh well basically um I got given the second Harry Potter book by my mum, I think when I was about 11 or 12, because I'm pretty sure my age matched 
Harry's age, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you knew it. Although, maybe... No, is that a weird thing to say? Is everyone, is everyone who's reading it the same age? <laughs> but they were coming out as I was in the same school year yeah. as him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had never heard of it. And I think... I don't know if you guys can correct me on this, but when the second one came out, it wasn't like a phenomenon then. Not it yet. was like... On the front, it said it had an mm-hmm. award. It, it won some children's book prize um but i kind of thought it was a bit like i I wasn't really into like dragons and magic and stuff like that when i was like 12 um so like i never read it and then we listened to an audiobook on a family holiday of the first one and we like really loved it but then i still kind of felt a bit like it wasn't that cool (laughs) so my brother started reading all the books um and then i kind of secretly read them Acting as if I didn't care about it. <laughs> Under your bed. <laughs> yeah. Like Harry doing his homework. He's just like Harry. <laughs> but by the end, I was like, yeah, these are really good. They are genuinely really good. Awesome. Actually, when you were saying that, I'm like, okay, I think I remember that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really funny. Yeah. I just, I like the sibling spite of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was always two copies of books in the house because both my brothers had them, but I never had my own copy because yeah. oh that's why you had to oh. read it in secret <laughs> too cool <laughs> yeah he was actually stealing that's why <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there was a certain satisfaction oh, yeah. to the stealing of the book <laughs> are you sure you're not a seller are you quite sure <laughs> but i think rasheen you've got a more like genuine potter freak story haven't you like super <laughs> potter fan. freak i don't know <laughs> potter freak i think <laughs> Just in comparison to Ed, I am a top 0.1% super fan. But that might just be in comparison to, to Ed. I, I kind of can't remember a time when I... I don't know if I was exceptionally dull before the age of 11, but I don't really remember a time where I wasn't obsessed with Harry Potter. I don't know what else I had. Um, I assure that there was something else. But yeah, I think um, I saw the first film before I read the first book. Mm. And then they used to come, the films came out around my birthday. So every year would go um, and it would be, yeah, I suppose I kind of hogged Harry Potter with all my friendship group. I was like, my birthday, we're going to see Harry Potter. Nobody else, we're going to see Harry Potter on my birthday, which was really nice. And I remember um, with Chamber of Secrets, I won a prize in the cinema because before it came on, you had to um, do an impression of Hermione. And we had to come down to the front. And so about 10 of us, it was all girls, came down to the front of the cinema, 12-year-old and upwards. And yeah, I got a little Mew toy, which oh my I think God. I still have somewhere. Mew? Like from Pokemon? I love that. Yeah, from Pokemon. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I because think they just had some Both stock. genres. It's yeah. this generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just had some Harry Potter. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. you can't say that thing. and not give us a taste. I'll give you, give you the, give you the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the classic Hermione quote. Mm-hmm. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Well done. That's Ooh, very classy. Thank you. At very the good. time, that was award winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I always watch the film before the book, just because I love, I love how rich the books are, mm-hmm. and I found that that way round, I was just in awe of all of it, whereas if I read the book first and then saw the film, I still loved it, that's but I good. already fully knew what would happen. Yeah, that's a really good point, because then, like, it's also kind of disappointing, because you're going from, like, the book, which is, like, really 
mm-hmm. really dense and, and there's so much going on to like a movie where they really can only show mm-hmm. a certain amount of the plot that's in the book. So yeah, yeah movie first makes total sense because mm-hmm. then you're like, then it's just like a fun, and like a few of our friends have, have done that where they've seen the movies, like Caitlin. And, me. and then they never read the books and then they just started reading the books and they're like, oh my God, they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Laura yeah. did. And all the little bits. Is that what you did, Laura? Yeah, yeah. I didn't read them as a kid because I was an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, so I had Super seen the movies. Super harsh on little Laura. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw up to the fourth movie before I started reading them. So then, then I was caught yeah. up. Yeah. But then you had a backlog. You weren't like waiting on yeah. the next book. Which was yeah. always the the only problem is it does sort of like <laughs> skew your imagination about like what people look like a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't find it that distracting. I was just like mm-hmm. I just accepted yeah. that like Ron looked like Ron and you know Harry looks like Harry, and then I was just like, eh, so you're throwing in green eyes a lot of the time. Whatever, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah, it's a slight little little news. I think this came out really soon after we recorded our last episode or something, but uh, Rupert Grint and his girlfriend are going to have a baby. Mm. Oh, so Ron's going to be a dad. That's so nice. Well done, yeah. little, little Rose. <laughs> well done. Little Rose if, Granger Weasley. If, if they don't name it Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> So is his girlfriend um, famous or is she an actor or anything like that? I don't know. I saw her name and it wasn't familiar, but I don't know all the the British actors either. You don't know all of them? I do not. There's only like 30. (laughs) They're all in everything. (laughs) See, there's only 30 that like Canadians know, but I feel like there's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a certain amount of exports per year. We let in like one or two new faces every now and then, and then we're just like, "These are the British actors." <laughs> I think there are two tiers. You have the ones that are in all the movies, and then the mm-hmm. ones that are in all of the soap operas. Oh. Um, I think they call like that this- an A list and a B list and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a Brit list. <laughs> there's a show called Holby City, oh. which is a hospital drama. And I think there's a kind of joke in the industry that everybody has been in there at some point. Like every actor on the way up or down has been in the city, like a, on a stretcher or as like a doctor or just someone with like a, a minor role for one episode. Yeah. Um, I really uh, hope Ron was in there. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I looked her up. Georgia Groom is an English actress. Uh, things that she's been in. London to Brighton. My mother. The Cottage. I feel I like you're just listing places to be. <laughs> the true These are very broad subjects. <laughs> the Great Ghost Rescue. Any of these I ringing a bell? I think I would like to watch that movie. That sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> Those are movies. Really Dangerville. I'm not sure. Dangerville. Dangerville. Loose Oof. Women. <laughs> oh, Loose Women is a TV know. show. It's yeah. A yeah. Oh yeah, show. that's right. It's like about. Yeah. It's like The View or something. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A fish out of water. I don't know. There's there's a few credits there, so mm-hmm. yeah. that's fun. Perfect for quarantine. Setting up a new acting. Yeah, thing. exactly. The Grints. Oh my god. The Grints, the Grints. and Groom. <laughs> groom Grint. Grim Grint Groom might be this kid's last name. Uh, I don't know oh, what yeah. they're planning on doing. Hmm. Grint Groom. They should they should do a combined name where it's like Groomed. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but even Grint Groom, groom, groom. groom. No matter which way you reverse it, it's groom, still Grint or Groom. That's this, funny. This is the perfect time to say that a couple of days ago, Rasheen and I were discussing a similar thing about our own names, and we actually spent about half an hour amalgamating <laughs> all the letters, trying to work out what name, what words and names you could make out from the letters in our surnames. Yeah. So, so the quarantine treating is affecting you. Really well. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to yeah. say, uh, Ed, <laughs> well, actually, I won't say your full name, but... But you can spell the word lovers from our name. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> well, slug, just update, yeah. update slug. PG-13. And rock. <laughs> you can do slugs rock if you want to. Ah. <laughs> well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> How have you guys been during this the quarantine stuff? I know you guys had like a, a big move sort of early on. It was a few weeks in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a few weeks into the Canadian quarantine and it was just starting to set home in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, luckily, my parents live in a very remote area in North Wales. So um, we came back here and we're quarantining and yeah it's been it's been really nice i'm just so glad that we that we live in an age where everyone can just zoom or Mm -hmm. whatsapp each other and talk to your friends it makes such a massive difference yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. how about you ed how's it going yeah it's going well um the whole thing about working on canadian time Mm -hmm. is a bit strange but i'm just really grateful to be able to uh keep working um I guess, in a weird way, if I had moved in normal times, I wouldn't be able to keep my job. Um, but yeah, then I wouldn't have moved in, moved in the first place. So it's mm-hmm. hard to get your head around. Um, yeah, leaving was really kind of difficult because we like agonized over the whole thing for like two days and then decided to stay. Um, and then, as you guys know, as everyone knows, like everything changes in like a day or two days or a week and then suddenly like the balance of what what should we do tipped in favor of leaving mm-hmm. um and then they moved the flight by like four days and were like instead of leaving on monday you're leaving thursday night which is today right now Good Lord. so yeah it was all really weird and obviously for me i lived in toronto before um for almost a year and I always wanted to go back again and then this time we got two year visas so it's yeah obviously it's gutting to have to leave like almost a year into a two-year experience but Mm -hmm. you know who knows what will happen in future and hopefully we can come back at some point Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to have those picnics in the park again picnics in the park and we have to have a proper drink at the Lockhart yes Mm. Yes, we do. And by proper drink, mm-hmm. I mean more than one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Less rushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I am very, I've kind of reconnected with Potter slightly in this. I don't know if you guys have found this, but in times of stress, I tend to want things that are familiar and cozy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a certain lovely person lent me their Potter tapes. And there is like nothing more relaxing than just putting on something that you've heard a hundred times and mm. just feeling magic and wonderful and having a big hug. Especially yeah. when it's Stephen Fry talking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Audio pudding. It's like having a nice guest over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can tell Being able to pause it when you need to do yeah. something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were saying before that um, Harry Potter is basically like the equivalent of like a Sunday morning breakfast when you've got Monday off work. 
Like, <laughs> you haven't got the Saturday feeling of like, I need to do something with my weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like haven't got that. the normal Sunday feeling of like, oh shit, I've got to go back to work tomorrow. But you get that amazing feeling of like relaxation. You can take as long as you want. Uh, and J.K. Rowling clearly loves food and breakfast because she mm. talks about those things a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She keeps making me hungry. You yeah. put it on, you've had breakfast 20 minutes ago and you're like, damn, need some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's I always feel when... reading Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Reading mm. Game of Thrones, I always like need to drink. Yeah. It's like every character is like constantly having wine and they're like, we poured the wine and then she had more wine and then blah, blah, blah. And this was wine. And I'm like, give me wine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get through this book. I keep drinking when they drink. Eel <laughs> <laughs> pie. Mm. <laughs> oh, I always Maybe want not. pie. Pie is great. Not mm-hmm. eel pie. Not eel pie. Uh, actually, I you know what? You made it sound good. Eel pie? Eel pie? Eel pie? Eel. It was like lamprey okay, pie. Yeah, yeah lamprey pie. Yeah. Pie. Maybe you can get eel and ale pie. They're just like I'm mouth in. tubes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. horrible. So many teeth. They should be in the Hogwarts world. Mm-hmm. They're gross. Yeah. yeah. They're for yeah. sure disgusting. The Great Lake is full of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, do we want to move on to meet your messers? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. For meet your messers in this time of quarantine... Uh, if you had all the time in the world suddenly, and you were going to use that time to write a fan fiction about Harry Potter, which character would you choose to focus on? Mm. And it can't be Harry. <laughs> well, I guess it could. I don't know. <laughs> it could. This is, this is my book. <laughs> yes. You choose. There's the before and the after. Yeah. Uh, you just have and to do first up, have either of you like been into fanfic at all? Like, read any about Harry Potter or? I've never read any fanfiction. Okay. I Is haven't she? yet. Yeah. Uh, but if I was, it would be about Harry Potter. Mm. What about you guys? Uh, I have like I think in in the early internet days, uh, not the early really, but like when I was in high school, I. Between books and between movies, when there was like nothing Harry Pottery going on, I would like go on to fan things, and I would like read a few, but they were just never my cup of tea because they were never as good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did a fan fiction episode for the podcast where we read aloud. We found a bunch of different fan fiction and we read aloud some of them, um, and like you know, it, it's cool that people have like this creative outlet. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are really ridiculous. Um, but some of them are funny and some of them are interesting. Um, but like, I don't know, I get like, I didn't really like The Cursed Child. I don't know how you guys felt about it, the screenplay, but it felt a lot like fan fiction to me Mm, by someone who like didn't really stay true to the source material very much. And that's, Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, I, and also I'm not a creative writer, so I don't know if I'd ever actually try my hand at it, but like. It'd be fun to make up a story for somebody else. For who? Mm-hmm. Or about who? I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I have an answer, but it's really obvious. <laughs> I have one that isn't obvious. All right, go well, ahead. you go. If, Maybe I'll yeah, think of well, a more original one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I would write one about Mrs. Norris and make her like kind of like oh. a XOXO gossip girl. <laughs> I should check and see if that exists because that would actually be kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so basically, I would never write like outrageous. a serious book. But mm-hmm. I think that could be fun. Like, how did she get up? How did she get to be how she is? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's his wife. And there are so many cats at Hogwarts. Are they? Is she friends with them? Is she like their queen? What's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would be like a like Machiavellian pets. like dismantling of the Hogwarts cat system, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be what people call meta, because you know you've got like <laughs> yeah. Hogwarts and the Wizarding World is like within the real world, yeah, but then within the Hogwarts world, you've got the cat world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be a structure. She's the only one who's like really allowed to walk around at night, so she's calling the shots. She knows what's going on. Yeah. She knows what everybody has been up to. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to tell someone. That's why Filch <laughs> knows too. And he knows because That's why he reads her hair's so big, it's yeah. full of secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you going to go for, Katie? Uh, so my obvious one, I think, is I. I just feel like I. I think that this. This character always gets kind of like a bad rap and she doesn't get enough representation and I feel like it would be awesome uh, for Cho Chang a bit more backstory like before mm-hmm. the Cedric Diggory stuff and that kind of stuff just to like kind of flesh her out as a character um, because like I think she's really great and kind of only get to know her when she's going through a really really hard time mm-hmm. um, I mean not as much in the fourth book but in the fifth book you know her her boyfriend died she's obviously very upset and I feel like she gets I don't know people don't like the character as much because we see her in that light but I feel like she she deserves better or maybe like after school and she's like yeah. going to wizard university and she's got like a new mm. lease on life and I don't know um, but something therapist. like that would be fun maybe a good therapist church and therapy <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> that is a really good idea I think that's really cool with church yeah, I just like her. Um, mm-hmm. But I wish I came up with something that funny, Laura, because the gossip girl, Mrs. Norris, is fucking <laughs> I might have to write this. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> gossip time. Yeah. I'm just going to start a Tumblr. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now's the time. Now's the time. Um, <laughs> either of you have one? Uh, Rasheen, you can go. Dead? Although, maybe we should wait for a second because there's something loud being dragged around outside. I'm oh, it's the barbecue. It the oh, it's a barbecue. I don't think they can hear I, it. I can't me. hear it. Yeah. <laughs> They're recording. Well, I, my initial thought people. was to go for um, the wonderful, misunderstood Snape. Ah. But I thought that would traumatize me. Being in his mind and living his life, I think I would very easily fall into despair. Mm. And Not um, for now. Not, not, not for, for now. this no. climate. No. Yeah. Not for this crisis. But um, then... I thought of a of a good one. I would love to know more about Barty Crouch Jr. Ah, and I think uh, he's a very why cool is his character. Yeah, why does his tongue flick in that way? And I think the fact that he can mimic different people um, would make a very interesting story. He's obviously very intelligent. Um, there's yep. a whole backstory with his dad. Good actor. And I don't know. I think that if maybe Voldemort had Finito after Harry, he might have had a good shot at being the main man. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it might be like an alternate universe thing where like Barty Crouch Jr., comes into his yeah. own maybe. Barty Crouch Jr. Day doesn't have the same ring to it though. That's Voldemort Day. I know. We'd have to anagram his name. <laughs> He'd come up with like a cool anagram. A nickname though, like uh yeah. yeah. Brardy yeah. Couch. Nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yep. Brody Couch. Brody Crouch. Couch Day? <laughs> Evil yeah. Lord Brody Crouch. Couch. I was just like, how do I make I how know. do I make couch happen? And I'm like, just not get it happen. <laughs> ouch! That's like Jeremy's like iron. Ouch. <laughs> Jeremy's iron. <laughs> good one, machine. Cool. Thanks. Very good. <laughs> so my person was McGonagall. Oh. Which is maybe an obvious one to go for, but I was just oh, thinking okay. that she's like made out to be this like formidable person but actually her role throughout the books is i don't know it's not really that prominent is it like she comes in and out but she's she never does anything which like mm. saves the day but she's like more than capable mm-hmm. i mean I've, i'm mm-hmm. not fully remembering everything she's done but like my memory of her is just being this like powerful person who's like never fully at the forefront of anything that's going on mm-hmm Am uh, I right in thinking she was an aura before she became a teacher? I'm not sure. Maybe. That's a good idea. And also, she's in the books from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, she's quite old as well, right? So she must have had this, like, crazy <laughs> life. Um, yeah, maybe you could also... try and explain why she's in the <laughs> the new well, movies. And she's a widower. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was I, I liked in the first book where um, she gets a bit tipsy over the Christmas dinner and lets Hagrid kiss her. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a there's a more really flirtatious side beneath her or fun side beneath her that you could find. Craig. What? Oh. Are, Craig, you're it's your turn to go. <laughs> we can't hear. It keeps coming, cutting in and out, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with our internet. But yes, I can go. Mm. Um, okay. Okay. So I have a big problem with fanfic because a lot of people don't write in the same style as the author of the original. So it's just a complete wash for me. So I would prefer it to be like you find a character that either doesn't exist in the series, but there's like a great comic called... um, uh, Oh, crap. Now I just forgot. (laughs) What's the Slytherin one? My uh, life is a Slytherin. It's like sideline Slytherin, or like a or background Slytherin. Background, yeah, Slytherin. background. Slytherin. Yeah, my life that. is a background Slytherin. Yeah, and it's been sent to us a few times, like one-off comics, and they're pretty funny. But I think that's the ideal. You just find something uh, plot and character adjacent. So any of your failings as a writer, kind of, I don't know. They're they're easier to digest than thinking like this person is so off when they're mm. trying to do like a marauder's story or uh, like with those characters it's easier to poke holes in how you wrote them compared to the original so i think i just go that route and just be like yeah i don't have to follow the rules as much because this character like if you did like ernie mcmillan or hannah abbott like people who are just kind of mentioned offhand yeah you don't actually know the backstory of or what they're doing on a day-to-day basis that's a very good shout and then everyone would enjoy it because it's just like extra yeah harry yeah. potter related material that we can all enjoy and devour yeah mm-hmm. like i've always wanted to know what's going through mrs norris's head so <laughs> for your blog 
<laughs> she's a gossipy bitch. Yeah. Or should it just be like a Twitter account so it's like short and easy? Uh, easier for you. Yes, I would love to see Mrs. Norris on Twitter. Do it. <laughs> that I don't might have already Twitter, but I, I have to go look this up just in case. I'll, I'll do that later. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't exist because it sounds kind of fun. It does. <laughs> and I could have fun. guest writers. <laughs> so did Craig good. give his person? No, he what? just kind of said, I'd choose nobody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not a specific right, okay. one. I see. He just really so wanted to talk about how much he hates fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it could be me as like a Hufflepuff going to school. Oh, that's where we're going. Yeah. You want to write yeah. you into Hufflepuff. Like that's yeah. most people's Harry Potter fan fiction. It's just them writing it's a, themselves in. Which yeah. Is, yeah, it's a genre yeah. of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's my choice then and then like you could have <laughs> craig like... chooses craig <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like i don't relate to anyone in these fan fictions i'm gonna write my own i hate fan fiction and then he's like i actually really like my story so do you well, think there's the more fan fiction now there's like more fan fiction out there than Probably. actual harry potter real stuff oh yeah for sure definitely oh yeah <laughs> good fan Is fiction anybody... i don't know but yeah I think that's that was good. a really good question. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm, that was a great question. Yeah. That was a really good question, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed it when I you saw got... that. I thought <laughs> I can get on board with this question. <laughs> this is approved by Ed. Like the Very Hogwarts good. Express. <laughs> All aboard. It's the question train. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, it's right. not making any sense. Um, <laughs> Topic time, yeah. then. <laughs> well, to our, to our listeners, uh, you guys let us know. I think we've said this a few times. Let us know if there's any fanfic that you think is actually good that we should read, and we might get around to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Craig. No problem. Not, not Craig. Craig's not going to read it. I actually did <laughs> read the last one that got sent to us. Oh, did you? Yeah, and... I d- it was a while ago, so I don't remember it, but... Mm. Okay, so our topic today is all about uh, JK as a writer, um, her writing style, her writing process. Uh, So I guess we could start with like, what do you guys think uh, is distinctive about JK's writing style? Um, What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Well, when we were listening to the audiobooks the other day, we obviously started from the beginning. And the thing that I first thought of was that it gets into the story like so quickly. Mm. There is the little introduction about Privet Drive and like setting the scene. But like it just gets to like Hagrid telling him he's a wizard like so quickly. I don't know how many chapters it is, but it's, it feels like it's almost straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It um, seems so, like, quicker pace... every time I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pace of it is like is uh well that's what you i guess when when you're a debut author like that's what you need like you need to capture people's attention and like you can't like mess around you haven't you haven't got like the capital built up already for people to like take their time and for agents and publishers and stuff yeah not a lot of foreplay (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's one thing Um, (laughs) and then also right from the beginning like she has like humor in in there like from the first like paragraph mm-hmm. and it like kind of characterizes her her stories even when it's like really bleak there's a kind of like we were talking about before that kind of like warmth and the comfort yeah. and like the friendship b- between people and like just generally not taking life as seriously as like you would do in something set in you know reality mm-hmm. um, or with adults 
because it's kids, yeah. it's immediately like more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even the serious yeah, stuff. Um, so yeah, they were my like main thoughts when I was when I was listening to it, um, listening to it back because I probably haven't listened to like that audiobook since uh, that car ride that I was explaining <laughs> about. <laughs> Aww, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. How are you, Machine? I think she has a really clear voice as an author that you don't get with all authors. I think if you read a section of the book, you you kind of settle into her rhythm very nicely. I like the way that she, um, particularly the way that she's describing the characters or the way that the Ed and I were talking about this, um, the thing that she does where she's describing what a character says and the tone that they use when they said it. What were you saying, Ed? That some writers don't like that. Yeah, it's the, the the thing about using um, adverbs to describe how people are saying things. I don't really know how it is in children's literature, but generally speaking, um, authors and like creative writing tutors say that it's best to just use the word "said" when you're explaining how mm. what somebody's uh, said in, in dialogue, rather than uh, doing what J.K. Rowling does, which is using loads of adverbs like. I think our friend Tom brought this up before. Like she uses the word dully, yeah. which you wouldn't even say in real life. Like Harry said dully. And mm-hmm. I just flicked through to try and find another example. And um, Hermione said something timidly. Mm. Mm. Um, and a lot of writers think that this is like not a good thing to do. Um, and I think is the reason like is, handful? well, there's a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. um, one thing is that like the context of the situation should be enough to tell you how someone is feeling is a kind of like yeah. um it's going to the show don't tell kind of maxim which is like one of the pillars of storytelling in whatever medium you're in mm-hmm. um but also it's kind of distracting as well for some people to to have adverbs scattered in there because you want to just be concentrating on what people are saying rather than hearing the author's voice yeah. telling True. you how something should be i guess across. because it is like children's though like they they don't have the same set of like emotional intelligence skills that adults do yeah so being told how a character is feeling sometimes is like like instead of assuming that the the reader can read between the lines like just read it on the line and then they're like okay got it and then like the the other thing that i was thinking of when you were describing all that was um i i've always felt that the way that she writes is very well set up for reading the book to a child so i feel like the words that she has put in, like, she makes it easier for the person reading aloud to get into character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. So, like, like even just that opening paragraph of the first book where she says something like, and they they did not like that, thank you very much, or something. Like, I, I remember, yeah, like, my time. mom just, like, throwing in, like, I thank you very much every now and then when she was, like, <laughs> being kind of sassy. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I know yeah. what you mean. Well, I don't really have a, a strong opinion on adverbs like being a bad thing i think it's one of those things that people people like to have some rules about writing but really there aren't any and like rasheem was saying you can instantly hear her voice like she's got a very distinctive way of writing Mm -hmm. and i think that use of like kind of interesting adverbs is actually uh one of her like hallmarks and i think is actually a really good thing. Yeah, I don't ever feel yeah. like I'm having my hand held when I'm reading her books, even as an adult. It, it just gives so much, to me, so much life to the characters. And as you say, mm. so much life to the storytelling, which I think is so yeah. nice if, if 
I think I have read this before, that she did start off designing the stories and reading them to her kids. That comes across, that kind of, mm-hmm. I want to tell you a story. And yeah. there's just a lovely a lovely setup to it. Mm-hmm. I think also, like, it helps kind of, everybody almost has the same experience of the characters that way, too. Because, yeah. like, we already, we all kind of read that, like, in our heads with the tone of voice that's been already dictated so there's less mm-hmm. i guess debate about characters yeah and yeah. their intentions because their intentions are explicitly said mm-hmm. um and i guess it just makes you feel really familiar with them like you feel like mm-hmm. you were there you feel like you heard it um and that you don't have to sort of create that yourself although like that could be fun but mm-hmm. i like it i always thought like she's like so descriptive and she she writes with a really big vocabulary for children's books definitely i think Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's like i guess when growing up i thought like oh that's like a british thing where they're just like fancier than us (laughs) so i was just like oh wow that's cool so it made you kind of feel like oh i'm in somewhere else um no i think you're right she has got an amazing like vocabulary and um i guess that reading the uh the first book you definitely get a sense that it is like a simplified version of what she kind of goes on to with the later books. Like she does mm. keep things simpler. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she definitely like tries to think of imaginative ways to explain things and like, not just use the, the most obvious words and, and ideas that are already out there. It must've got hard as well. There are seven books. She must've thought, have I described Ron as saying this before? Has Ron said this sentence before? But her natural ability with her vocabulary, you never feel as though that's a bit pushed. Everything feels really organic with her. I have a question for everyone. Um, So when it comes to characters like... Okay, so there's Hagrid as the obvious example, but I feel like there is a couple more, like maybe Mundungus or even Cho Chang's dialogue. She writes differently because... Harry is perceiving them with a different accent to his own. And so I'm wondering if that's like, if that's like an English privilege thing in a way for you guys. Like for us, I found it helpful because reading Hagrid the way that he is written, I automatically read it in Hagrid's voice. And then like, I automatically read Cho's in a Scottish accent, but everything else was in a Canadian accent in my head. Yeah, Cho's not specifically Scottish in the books. Yeah, no. I that could be the movie thing too, creeping in. But yeah. like automatically, I've always read her Scottish. <laughs> I, I think that's mm-hmm. part of the what you were talking about. How it's like so much fun to read aloud, mm-hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to like a Pixar movie where the it's yes for kids, but you're also throwing a bone to the parents who are there mm-hmm. with their kids. So it's yeah. more enjoyable for everyone. That's Definitely. why parents don't mind reading it to their kids, like, for the 10th time. Maybe that's pushing it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, Stan Shunpike also has that... It's, it's written in his accent. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, I always really like that. And I, I always really like the way that she seemed to be... Like, it's one of the things I think people are told is to write what you know from the beginning. Like, mm. your best chance of writing something good is to write what comes to you naturally and that appeals to you and the, what you think is a good thing. I think if you start from the point of view of trying to write to please someone else, then you're not going to actually mm. achieve something. or You're very unlikely to make something that anyone wants to listen to. And um, 
I think, like Machine said, her voice is like very strong in like she has a very like distinctive way of explaining things. Uh, for me, like the accents and all the like British references are just because she's pouring in everything that that she knows about and that she finds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe that makes it difficult for people from other parts of the world to 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 kind of understand. But I mean, it's so successful that pe- people pr- presumably just really thought it was charming and interesting and quirky and not necessarily linked to being British, just linked to being uh, an exciting world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do wonder if also, as the books became more popular and people from other countries started reading them, they started to wonder, oh, is this how all people from the UK talk? And so maybe <laughs> later on she started including different accents, like, no, some people talk like this, and some people yeah. talk like this. And where, as more and more characters came into the books, and she's like, okay, if I was reading this to my kids... I've got to have another accent in here somewhere because otherwise this is going to sound like Dumbledore if I do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and I love how quickly people know where someone's from just based on like some very like minor changes in the accent. Yeah. It's so interesting cuz like we're a little bit more spread out so we don't necessarily hear the differences that quickly. But mm-hmm. um like when you when you put all of the the British accents next to each other, like I think there's a really good video of a a dialect coach who does like every UK accent. <laughs> and um it's it's incredible just like the amount of difference in such a small area. So it's a really yeah. it's a really nice thing to include because it's such a part of your guy's identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's part of world building. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this helps to bring everything together, but Tom and Tess told me that when they first started reading Harry Potter, they would read it to each other. Oh, that's when right. the other one was driving, mm-hmm. and they just invented the accents and the way that someone <laughs> talked. But I think that probably just um, is evidence of what we were saying that uh, it's very good to read aloud and very entertaining to read aloud as as well as to be read too. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like in other languages, if they've changed Hagrid's voice to. Be slightly different or Ooh, yeah. if it's just all yeah same. i'm i'm curious how hagrid changes throughout the yeah. translations that would be interesting because yeah. yeah i thought that was such a nice touch because like as soon as i opened the the book for the first time i like i already had the memory of watching the movie so like i, I knew what was going on i was just like mm-hmm. that was nice like i just hopped right <laughs> in <laughs> and it makes you smile like when you see it hagrid does, writing yeah. all right ari it makes yeah. you smile. Yeah. The H's are gone, and you think, "Of course, Hagrid would say that." Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, is, it makes you I mean, trust him more yeah. too. Yeah. And the fact that, and the fact that she would write the word "ready" instead of whatever I guess that would be slang for. I guess, I guess it's just nice that like it was such new words to encounter in a book because normally For you us. would have like I don't, I don't want to say like proper English or whatever, but like. You know, the words would be spelled out in full and then like, I don't know, maybe you would get the apostrophe to replace the G in like any ING words. Swimming. And that would be like the closest thing to like slang words yeah. that you would see in a book. Because like Especially you're supposed to be learning like proper English and yeah. like seeing like the the right word like in the right context. And then like, sure, like actors might read it differently and like throw in their own right. like flavors. But more or less you expect the words on the page to be like the correct form so yeah. seeing Hagrid that way was just it was really great yeah I bet JK is really good at accents I hope so mm. yeah that'd be interesting mm. I feel like you I have to learn so, a bit just can't... having kids in general like you you gotta learn some voices <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you'd have to be like 
at least good at the ones that you're writing down phonetically because otherwise mm. it would be really hard to picture like Hagrid's mm. voice if he couldn't Unless do it yourself. Unless she all his lines to someone and it was translated. Stephen Fry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she has an uncle who talks like him or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, what other points did we want to discuss? We kind um, of brought up the symmetry thing. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I thought we did a topic on the on something I like that. I don't think we did a topic on it, actually, just... but I think... Mm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Our readers would probably know better than I. I'm just going to share Our my readers. screen real quick. Our readers, hilarious. Our listeners. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit... Um... Zoom in. Oh, are these the plots Whoa. of the uh, the stories? Yeah, so it's about like the symmetry oh, conveniently in Harry Potter. ignoring the fourth book. <laughs> the fourth book's in the middle. So it's it actually itself, kind of the first It actually kind of does mm. a little bit. No way. Um, How have I never seen this before? But it's pretty so, cool. It, it basically the first and the seventh are very similar, the second and the sixth are very similar, the third and the fifth are very similar. Um Philosopher's Stone Harry and Hagrid get to Privet Drive on the on his motorbike. Um, in Deathly Hallows, Harry and Hagrid leave Privet Drive on the motorbike. In the Sorcerer's Sto- or Philosopher's Stone, Harry sees his parents in the mirror of Erised. In Deathly Hallows, he sees his parents um, using the Resurrection Stone. Uh, in the Philosopher's Stone, he, uh, Harry's bravery gains him access to the Philosopher's Stone. In the Deathly Hallows, Harry's bravery gains him access to the Resurrection Stone. And then Dumbledore uses the Deluminator. <laughs> uh, some of them are like kind of like silly, but like it's really interesting. And then the last one here is uh, in the Philosopher's Stone. Harry finds out he's he is wrong about Snape's allegiance to Voldemort. And in Deathly Hallows, um, he also finds out he's wrong about Snape's <laughs> allegiance to Voldemort. Um, and Proving yeah, it, like, Harry is an idiot. <laughs> oh, God, how do I even? I think we can share it and people can look at it after, but like the idea yeah. that the there's been some symmetry that's been out for quite a while. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. So it, it goes through like a lot of different kind of little plot points um in in the the stories and how they mirror each other. Um Yeah. What are your so thoughts what, what? because you've never seen this before, Rasheen? I think I am going to study that document very, very carefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we saw the moment where like the nerd alert went off. Yeah, <laughs> so we get real close to the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love stuff like that, um, and I am going to be contacting you all separately later to discuss this further once I've read it a bit more. But yeah, anything very where nice. things come full circle, and I just love the the um, the hints at underlying workings that she must have mm. gone through to produce these books, and she must have had, God knows how many boards she had up in her house with like plot lines, and was there a spreadsheet? I don't know, but I just love hints at she had to work all of this out, and it comes together because that's you one thing I really like about her writing. It's a nice thing that when you're reading it, you never feel, in some books, you feel as though some loose ends are just tied because they have to be. But I never feel reading Harry Potter like I've reached the edge of what she's imagined. Like I've reached that final step and she's not thought it out beyond there. It always feels comfortably within the confines of her knowledge of the world and her knowledge of the story. There aren't that many times where you read something and you think, huh? Or really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys can think of any examples where you thought, oh, <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't been like 
reading them while we've been doing a lot of the episodes. So I feel like I, I probably I should get back into it and like start writing down notes like just like that being like, hey, what? Because <laughs> uh, that in and of themselves would probably be really good topic points or just what the heck, Harry? The the only time I can remember kind of doing that, and I only remember it because we talked about it last episode or the episode before, was when I figured out that there was going to be a time thing in the third book. And then I was like, ah, damn it. No one ever does this right. But then she did it right. So I was proved wrong for the first yeah. and last time. I think uh, the first time that I guess I was really shocked is when Cedric died. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, I must have got that wrong. It was a scary moment, but I just never thought she'd go there. Mm-hmm. And then she did. And I was like, oh, this changes like a lot. And it took a while for me to like process that and be like, okay. And then it just sort of like every time another character died, I always had to be like, oh, no, wait, stop, go back. <laughs> Is right, that real? You, like, you were reading them when you were young too. so And you yeah. had so much time yeah. in between. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like. <laughs> Um, that was a weird one. She's definitely a planner. She um, is a planner. Like, um, I, there's a podcast called Writer's Routine, which I would mm. really recommend. Um, it's really interesting hearing different authors talking about their process and just what inspires them, how they wrote their first book, how they wrote their 10th book, mm. and what the differences were. Um, like talking about how they wrote individual books. And, um, you probably, you guys have probably heard this elsewhere as well but generally people fall into like one of two camps either like a planner or someone who just writes spontaneously Mm. and uh so yeah it's really interesting that she's in the the planner camp Mm -hmm. um but yeah everybody seems to either just prefer just to get things down on the page and just see where the story goes and then Mm. tidy it up afterwards but I don't think for Harry Potter that really would have worked because, mm. um, I mean, maybe in the first draft of Philosopher's Stone, before she clearly went over it like a thousand times to make sure it was like perfect. Um, but that, like Rashim was saying, like that's what's so impressive about it. Like I don't know how many thousands of words she's written about Harry Potter, but by the end, everything makes sense. You yeah. know, it holds water. Like there aren't really that many like immediate holes in it. Um, and then this is one thing I, I was uh, talking to Sheen about the other day with the the final film and the the final book mm. is that like imagine the pressure of getting to that point and having to deliver again to make it that good yeah. and then she has like the Snape twist and like that is an amazing twist isn't it like it's just a really really like she could have done anything mm-hmm. she could have had any story brewing up and she chose that and it wasn't just like a damp squib. It was genuinely very, very good. Squib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could have She could have done something just to tie up the ends. A nice final book, all good. But she still went for these amazingly bold moves. And mm. these scenes mm-hmm. that challenge you and that uh, are unusual. And I just, I love her for that. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, there's like so many details as well that aren't even in that symmetry between the first and the seventh book to show that this is really thought out like the fact that they break into gringot gringots in the seventh mo- or seventh book and in the first one someone else breaks into gringots and they're like you'd mm-hmm. be crazy to go in there and like um and well, you know it's... they go back to godric's hollow and he sees the place where in the first book that's like the sort of scene set of like, what just happened yeah. there we never really go there but at the same time i mean we see it in the movies but it's not in the book but 
so much is about that night and then they go back and they see that place. I just wanted mm-hmm. to add, I, it's like the difference between bad foreshadowing and good foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like when you're reading foreshadowing, you shouldn't know it's foreshadowing. Very true, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of things were like a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but she seemed to know her own like backstory like very well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just for example, uh, in the first book, I noticed when they first went to Gringotts, you just reminded me of it. Um, I think they mention a dragon being there, don't they? Or a dragon guarding things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, maybe she never had in mind that that would be in a scene later on or occur in, like, the later books, but it was just something very good that she could, like, pluck out. Yeah, yeah. she's smart enough to go back to her own source material and find mm. things that she can use later on. Yeah, rather um, than just, yeah. oh, suddenly there's a dragon down here. Yeah. Like, no, I set that up se- six books ago. That's what I've been <laughs> yeah. wondering, because, like, um, she wrote the first one, and it was a hit, and then they were like, more? So, like, I'm wondering, were they like, can you do it in seven, or was she like, I think I can do it in seven, so that's, like, how it'll be, but, like, imagine she had this story, and then the publisher was like, yeah, but we need an eighth book. So, like, do you think that would have changed, like, where she goes afterwards like maybe she doesn't end it the way she does maybe she like fills it out even more i don't know like i i'm always really curious about like the the back end side of that too because like i'm sure the publisher had something to do with the number of books i don't know i think she set that up pretty early and that could have been just like i want to be tied to this for seven books so i can get some money out of this not knowing that it would blow up yeah I'm sure she was under a lot of pressure, though, to extend things and talk some more on certain mm. areas. It's kind of a testament to her that she hasn't done it that much. But she's mm. like, these are the books. There, there is no gap year book. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is what it is. There's no That'd Lion King two though. and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she could have done that. Yeah. For an eighth book. Yeah, we could have gone to horror school. <laughs> or Harry could have gone yeah. back because he didn't go to school. Yeah. For like, I'm glad it seven. ended because, like, you don't want it to be like, oh, and the 20th Harry Potter is coming out <laughs> this year. <laughs> and, like, no one cares anymore because it's just gone too far. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we are in the middle of a new series of movies mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah. the The Fantastic Beast series, which we liked the first one and didn't like the second one. Or at least yeah. I didn't. I think, Craig, you're more lenient towards it, maybe? Uh, in terms I have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's Honestly. my problem with it, is having to watch it again. Like, the first <laughs> movie, I got it, and I was happy, and everything was rounding off. I was like, Newt, way to go, Newt, you're great. Yeah. And then the second yeah. film, I remember being near the end and being like, I am going to have to watch this again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because there's three more. <laughs> Yeah, it's the gate holder to the other thing. <laughs> yeah, the first one was I want to watch this again immediately, and the second one was I have to. Yes, because there's things that did not make sense in that. The music's yeah. nice. The music's great. Newt's great. Animals are great. Great visuals. Nice. Costumes beautiful. Mm. Costumes are great. Well, you yeah. know, Katie was saying earlier about how um, you can't fit everything from a book into a film. Mm. Um, and as a result, if you've not read the book before, the film can seem like it's just too full and there are certain scenes that the fans want to get in there and they know need to be in there, but they're, they're just like really, really short because it's a movie and you just can't have the length and depth you can in a book. Mm-hmm. The first Fantastic Beast 
film felt to me like a movie plot. Yeah. yeah. The second one felt to me like a book plot that had been squeezed into a film. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And we're never going to get the book, so it's yeah. like. <laughs> well, it's a it's a great segue. We'll never talking. say never. We are in a, a pandemic. Maybe she got time. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. she's just as busy as she always is. Probably. Yeah, but like her um, as a screenwriter versus her as a book writer, it's wildly different. It seems. Wild. She's also much better at writing books than tweets, obviously. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's good at long form. Hmm. And planning. <laughs> um, there's another thing I was going to mention um, that I emailed you guys about. Uh, when we were listening to oh, the yeah. first book, um, there were some things that came up and we just looked at each other and were like, does that ever get mentioned ever again? Mm. Just for example, um, where somebody paid a poster owl by putting some money mm. in a little pouch yeah. that it was yeah. wearing. Harry has to. Um, and it was squawking and stuff until it got paid. And I know it's not important to keep on saying, remember the owls, remember yeah. the payment. But like, <laughs> I kind of thought that must have just been like a cool thing that she thought of. She wrote in and then there was just never any need to talk about it ever again. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. like any owls while you're at school are paid for. It's like a bit of like a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have um, to pay to correspond to your parents because you're off at boarding school. You cannot we'll use that as that an excuse to not write home to your parents. It's free. Exactly. <laughs> but were there any huh. other things like that that you guys thought of, like that come up and you just think, wow, that's cool. But like, was that just a random thought that was dropped in and then never picked back up again? Hmm. It's a good question because... I feel like even when she's doing that, it's still for a point. It's to show that character's personality. So yeah. it's a little hard to say whether it was completely just an offhand remark or not. One thing was, um, remember that guy who was setting off fireworks in the first book? Like Dumbledore says, oh, oh or yeah, maybe it's Diggles, McGonagall. Digglers. Well, because that was like a celebration. So that was... yeah. I guess it is a bit of a throwaway thing, but just to show that people don't, they're flouting the rules and setting mm. off fireworks. Mm. Yeah, but it would have been awesome to see more of that. Or like in the yeah. um, in the Quidditch World Cup, I always think that's a really, that might be my favorite section of all the books, actually. It's just so rich of oh. detail of what all the other wizards yeah. are doing. And like, there are yeah. kooky wizards and there are wizards that really obey by the rules and there are people running around trying to put out all these wizarding fires everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I just think it gives a really yeah. nice kind of eagle eye view of um, this is what wizards do when they're happy. This is what everybody has yeah. to try and do to control it. This is still in your world. Um, and magic I like is that awesome. so much. But it's not yeah. permanent. It's not the school. It's not Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley. It's this event. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And as they're going up and up uh, and up the stadium, even reading that makes me feel a little bit nauseous. Like, how yeah. high are you? <laughs> <laughs> and the tents are amazing. Really good tents. Excellent. Yeah, yes. really good tents. I would go camping if tents were like that. Agreed. Oh yeah, Just like, like a stove what a inside. Fun way to make a mundane thing like a tent so magical. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes in so handy in the seventh book. Yeah. Foreshadowing. So handy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the last thing we, we had to talk about is like um, J.K. Rowling versus Robert Galbraith's books. 
Are um, you the only one who's read them, Katie? Yeah, that's the thing. I was wondering if anybody else has read them. I've seen the TV shows um, okay. about Silkworm. Excellent. Definitely recommend. But I have not read the books. Hmm. Ed? Um, my dad and my brother James have both read them, and they really, really like them. Hmm. But no, he hasn't read them. Yeah. <laughs> but I have not read them. <laughs> I guess it's a little weird to talk about with only one of us, but... I don't know. I just say like I I'd recommend it. It still sounds like JK in in certain ways where like I I wasn't reading the books. I had the audiobook, so I just yeah. listened to it. Um but there's still just like certain words that I'm just like those are JK words and they'd yeah. like crop up every now and then and you're like, "Yeah." But it it's, it is very different because, you know, they're mystery novels and for they're for adults and yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, that being said, there's really not... It doesn't go, like, super dark or super blue. Um, so I think that it's still very accessible. Blue as in um, cops or blue as in language? Blue as in, yeah, I mean, like, sexuality and, and language and that kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, like, there's there's more of it, obviously. There's, like, swearing and, and stuff. But kind of like... Sweaty language. Like, <laughs> JK does this thing in Harry Potter all the time where she never writes out, or she rarely writes out swear words. She just says, like, Ron swore. Yeah. And then it's up to you to figure that out and, like, put whatever words you have in your head. And I guess she did that to appeal to all the ages. But, like, I think it's, like, in that same kind of context whereas there's a lot of, like, and he swore and then... Hmm. Or yeah. he cried <laughs> out and something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the characters are... They, are, are they funny books? No. <laughs> no? Uh, I think... I'd say they're really easy reads. I'd say they're really great quarantine reads because, like, it's interesting. It takes you out of it. They're... Um, they are really well written and the stories are fun. Yeah. And... And if you like mystery novels, then you'd like it. But, uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, it's not really funny. There's, like, a little funny parts, but, like, no, not really. Isn't the main character like a kind of slob, like a kind of dirty, kind of like out shape guy who's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, my dad, the way my dad described that was like, it was kind of funny how kind of deplorable he was. Or if I just, compl- if I remembered him telling me about a different character from a totally <laughs> unrelated thing. No, I think like he, um, he's like real gruff looking and, and kind of like not very friendly. He's a very imposing guy. Um, he's like really big and and tall, and um, he's had his part of his leg was amputated, so um, you know he he has like trouble walking around, and you know he's I, he's often they you know in pain and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean he doesn't he doesn't really take care of his appearance all that much. I feel like that's like a, a bit of a trope in mystery novels that the detectives are usually like. Oh, they sleep in their clothes and their breath st- stinks of whiskey and then they go in and they haven't slept and all this stuff. And it's so... That's so flawed. <laughs> so flawed. Uh, but yeah, he's like, he's definitely there. You know, he's not a looker or anything like that. He's not very charming. He's not very suave. Um, but Interesting choice for a main character. Done. He sucks. Gets the job done. Well, no, he's not. He's not evil. <laughs> I think he's, he's a like nice a person. Moody. Or Frank yeah. Bryce, the guy who found Voldemort in the Riddle Mansion. Is that similar? Because he has a bum leg. 
Honestly, I feel like war. he's more just like a gruff Hagrid. Okay. Like a gruffer Hagrid. A dirty Harry. Oh, you said Hagrid. Yeah. Hagrid. Dirty <laughs> Harry is very dirty different. Harry, this is not a dirty <laughs> Harry. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a, a mix between Moody and Hagrid. Cool. Like a bit of Moody attitude, more like Hagrid-ish looking, but like, yeah, like a little bitterness, but like genuinely a nice person. Um, I don't know. I'd say it, I I like the character, and I like the characters in the movies. I think that um, Robin, who is like the, the female lead, is also really interesting and has like a really cool backstory. And um, yeah, I'd recommend them. I'd recommend Do them. they have interesting names as well? The, yeah, the Cormorant is Cormorant Strike is his name because that's a, a thing from the Harry Potter books. We were talking about this the other day that at least for the wizarding characters, like the the family names, or I guess just all the names, the people from the wizarding world, they've got these really they're, they're like really inventive, really cool, like linked to kind of birds or like animals or space or nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's like so many that are like um, Latin or latin kind of sounding or derived and uh yeah we did an episode about that one where we just like looked into the etymology of a lot of the names and the the places and stuff um obviously we didn't get to them all but it was really fun because she put so much thought into them and they're all really Mm -hmm. interesting she enjoys doing it yeah there's one it's similar to that image you showed uh about her like early process work and someone has a very different name, and it's very shocking. I'll, I'll have to look it up and try and find it, but it was someone yeah. like Neville or Ron having, like, a completely different name, and it was, like, Joe or Bob <laughs> or something very generic. And oh, Ron's pretty generic, but... It may have been for Neville, but I'll have oh, to look yeah. that up and find it. It's interesting. Um, there's actually something else I was going to mention when we were talking about her writing, and it just vaguely links to this. Sure. Um, it's just about like the combination of very magical sounding things um, that give you that escapism combined with things that bring you into reality. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of the names of the kids, like a lot of the names of the adults are kind of wilder than the names of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's on purpose because like the people reading it are obviously not magical. Yeah. Um, you know, that's us. <laughs> well, I think that's um, the beauty of the Weasleys, because they're all fairly common names, except Ginny and Percy, maybe. And there's just so many of them that you're just like, oh, okay, this is a grounding feature in a way. Exactly. And there's another really interesting thing that I only thought of when we were listening to the audiobooks. Like, the moment that he gets to Hogwarts, a wizard school is like the coolest thing anybody's ever heard of. And yet he gets there and then like very quickly she goes into like summer, I don't know what like the, the technical term is, but just summarizing stuff that's going on. Hmm. And you would have thought that like she would have gone to town yeah. saying on the first day, Harry stepped out of his room and he first was encountered by this, but she doesn't do that. She summarizes yeah. saying, he the first went week. Classes week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I think the reason is is because the interesting thing about wizarding school isn't the lessons. Mm. Getting taught by an adult is boring whether you're in <laughs> school or not. And she says that the most boring lesson is wizard history or something. Mm-hmm. Like history of magic. Like 
there shouldn't be any boring subjects <laughs> at I wizard agree. school. <laughs> but she intentionally put that in because she needs to relate to people. Mm, yeah. That's so good. She needs to relate to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also a slippery path to go down. Like if you mention everything that is wonderful from the moment that you step into Hogwarts, that is a that is a whole another five books. It's like and the bed sheets self fold themselves and yeah. your quill oh, yeah. um <laughs> it doesn't give you allergies and like all sorts <laughs> of things you go into i reckon her the people who were reading her scripts were like this is wonderful but can you scatter it can you like put some uh-huh. in the yeah, different yeah. books because otherwise it's all going to get too much yeah, yeah and it's kind of for in the movies for the production team to kind of like hide these little easter eggs around that maybe weren't even mentioned in the book, but they're just like magical. So we're just going to put them in and they'll fit. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a really good point, Ed, because it's it's really that combination of like, like fantasy and then like realism that keeps it so grounded and it makes it feel like that is a world that could exist here and now. I find like two other series that sort of do a, a similar but different job is like um, The Expanse. Because uh, it's like sci-fi, but it's very hard sci-fi, and it's rooted. It's just within the solar system. It's like uh, mm. I think it's supposed to be like two hundred years in the future or something like that. And it's kind of like there's all these mundane problems, though. And it's mm-hmm. not just about oh my hyperdrive is broken or whatever, <laughs> or like my lasers and and this kind of stuff. But there's like all these like mundane issues and like political problems that they still need to solve. And, like, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones as well, because um, they really do a great job of, like, these are still people, and they still have to eat at the end of the day, and, you know... <laughs> Let's like, describe it's just, it. Yeah. <laughs> describe it. I mean, he goes a little fucking overboard uh, with his descriptions, but, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you believe it, because it just feels real. Yeah. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know how that relates to uh, Robert Galbraith stuff. But I just remembered it when you were talking about the kind of combination of dull things with like really amazing, interesting stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think I it think works. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, are there any other authors that you think are very similar to her style, or where does she fit in the category of author? Like, who's above her? Who's below? I really like as a comparison C.S. Lewis. And ah, the Narnia books, and I recently one. reread them as an adult, and all of the, I think there's eight, seven or eight yeah. books, yeah, um, and they're pretty wonderful as well, and they're very easy reading, very descriptive, magical, um, and it gives me the same warm feeling. Yeah, I put him in the same category. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. That's mm-hmm. a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds obvious, but like Douglas Adams, um, ah. Hitchhiker's Guide author. Um, I just got the same feeling reading his stuff as Harry Potter. You know, a kind of familiar, warm blanket that doesn't seem too scary and there's just genuine escapism that kind of makes you feel better somehow about your own reality that um, we're kind of laughing at and making light of some of the kind of uh, more, more serious things that are going on. And there are some more kind of adult themes in Douglas Adams' book that take you to the next the next stage in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I really, really like the Douglas Adams books. And he has a very simple way of explaining things, which is one of the, the cool things about J.K. Rowling's writing is like, you're ne- we, we were talking about this as well, like you're never in any doubt about what a person is like, their personality or what they mean. 
like occasionally there are some things where you're just you're deceived like Barty Crouch and Snape and Snape, stuff yeah. but like they're I feel like they're the exception like Hagrid he's a good person we know he's good he's good because he's J.K. Rowling's like clearly explained his personality to be like that yeah. like Mrs. Weasley good um Voldemort bad like you know <laughs> yeah i wanted just a whole list of every character you go through good or bad yeah. that's what people are listening to this episode for <laughs> good bad good bad but like with but it's not just good and bad there are other like obviously good and bad um characteristics right. <laughs> you know personality traits but with douglas adams as well he's got a very clear way of explaining things and as the and dialogue humor. is going forward, you're not like in any doubt about who these people are. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that's how I feel about it. What about you guys? What do you think? Um, I was thinking Dan Brown, who did Angels and Demons hmm. and Da Vinci Code. Uh, there's, there's an easy reading element, as well as you can tell there's a lot of research done, which is similar to the Harry Potter. And there's a, there's a bit of a leap you have to make. You're like okay, magic exists, or okay, everything's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> and then a lot of it's, it seems similar to me. Hmm. Oh, I like that, yeah. I think she's most like Robert Galbraith. <laughs> That's a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, honestly, I, I really like C.S. Lewis. Um, I have a hard time thinking of another author that is similar um, I don't think anyone's similar in the sense they've written seven books that, like, just yeah. relentlessly kept the quality. Like, Dan Brown, yeah. I've yeah. read, like, three or four of them. Um, the Da Vinci Code is a kind of, I don't know, like, uh, action uh, home run. Like, that is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. the, it's so quick-paced, it's so interesting, even if people would criticise its literary quality. But, like, some of the other books are really... Really, really shit. Yeah, I've only read <laughs> Angels and Demons and Da Vinci Code, so I may have. Oh my god! Inferno. Oh my god, that is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I saw the movie, and we were like, "Jesus, what the hell happened?" Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth your time. He wakes up. He wakes up. He's got amnesia. He's lying in a hospital bed. And the, one of the first thing that it mentions is um, a nurse walks by or a doctor and the guy, he can't even remember his own name, but he recognizes that she's got an athletic gait. And I just thought this is going to be fucking crap. <laughs> <laughs> you can't judge a book by how they describe women. Actually, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you're you're allowed to can. <laughs> I tell you one that's just popped into my mind that I would say is not like J.K. Rowling is Tolkien. Considering yeah. that The Hobbit was written for kids and I read it yeah. not long ago and I was like, this is hard work. It's <laughs> not easy. I don't know whether yeah. kids were just summer really of a different breed back then. Maybe they were just super smart, but I do, you, you can't, you can't pick a Tolkien book up very easily when you're sleepy. Like you're yeah. ready to go to bed. That, Unless that you want to be sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. You can maybe manage half a page and then think, I'm not going to remember that. I'm going to have to start tomorrow. Um, as I, yeah, yeah. I, Tolkien, yeah. nah. I would agree. I, I love Tolkien, but at the same time, it's just like a completely different way of doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't really describe characters very much. 
he describes places and- over and over, like over pages. He's like, and then we went into this room and they were serving this food and, you know, the elves were making whatever. And you're like, Salad. <laughs> salad. Salad. They were making salad. Um, I do I do very much like it. I listen to the audiobooks mostly for Lord of the Rings when I I think that's them. how I got to do it because the only do. copy I have access to, the print is so small. You just let it wash over you and you're like, I'll retain what I retain. I know what the mm-hmm. story is. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's great. Like, it is good. I remember I first read them when I was 14 because the movie was just coming out and I remember reading them for the first time and being really interested it, but it's as a reread it's harder because you're like I already know the interesting parts like just get to the the yeah. things <laughs> there's some parts I skip every time now I'm just like yeah. I've read it two or three yeah. times I'm not gonna read it again yeah. just like, take big agree. chunks of pages together you're like and yeah. move that over <laughs> exactly ooh I've progressed so much <laughs> but I do yeah. love the films and I do love that the yeah. films managed to make it all engaging and still still very much based on the books. But yeah, films over books for Tolkien. Yeah, yeah I I'd maybe agree with that. I think <laughs> I think Thank the uh, and because it maybe it came out at the same time. I've never actually read them, but I was always wondering if the like, the Lemony Snicket books were similar to mm. Harry Potter because I remember when they first came out, I was just. I was kind of like, this is a Harry Potter riff-off because the guy had, like, glasses and dark hair, so I was like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I know that a lot of people really like them. Um, I've heard really good things with the Netflix show, um, like the series of Unfortunate oh, Events. Um, but, you did. Uh, it's beautiful, though. I've never read them. Yeah. Never I've seen films or anything. Yeah. You don't know. Maybe our, our listeners could tell us if, uh, yeah. if they guys have read it and think it's similar or anybody else who's similar to jk by lemony snicket yeah that's got to be a pen name yeah well probably <laughs> jk rowling hello maybe <laughs> she's got many to me it it seems like it would be more like neil gaiman or someone like that like oh neil gaiman's interesting i love neil gaiman yeah he great who's neil gaiman neil, neil gaiman, gaiman. He's a, he's a good author. He does, uh, like, um, kind American of fantasy. Gods. Oh. Angels and... No, not Angels and Demons. That's um, Dan Brown. Like... Uh, good Omens. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Rasheen yeah. is writing this down because she always writes down people's recommendations. Ah, and she's always lovely. Them or goes there or eats there or whatever it is. <laughs> We're going through American Gods right now. We're on to the second season, which I might be in. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't so know that. So if, if we get any screen caps, we'll be sending you. Yes, I know. Yes. Don't put it on Facebook because people might think that I am still <laughs> in the movies. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's Craig and Ed do look very, very similar. <laughs> All right. All right. Sure. I think that's good for the topic. JK good. Well, there was, a, JK there was one other thing I was going to mention. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. We don't have to include this. Okay. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> but we don't. It's kind of what it, it's because it's like it's long enough. This uh, you know our topic bit is long enough. You don't. I don't want to add to your editing or anything. Come on, okay. <laughs> it's just that interesting when we were listening again to the first book. It just struck me that from the beginning, Harry Potter is then a baby, hmm. or we don't even know he exists right from the start, mm-hmm. and therefore as the narrator. 
she can't tell the story from his perspective. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, well, he doesn't so, have a perspective yet. He's just yeah, a baby. exactly. He can't even say perspective. <laughs> but so what she does instead is she tells it from the Dursley's perspective, hmm. and we see inside Vernon Dursley's head. Um, which I was like, hold on. So we know how Vernon thinks. We know what he's feeling. We know like how annoyed he is at these wizards and stuff like that. And then I don't know if it ever returns to his head again, but it's just interesting that the omniscient narrator there yeah. chooses to go in his head. And the yeah. whole story starts from like Privet Drive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. To no, go that's into a really good point. Head too. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, we occasionally see inside other people's heads. Like there's one point where... Um, Frank Rice, mm-hmm. uh, Snape. Going to Snape's house, yeah. Yeah. When all the all the Death Eaters come together. Yeah. Um, and I looked on a forum and people were seem, they seem to be saying that it's like 85% in Harry's head, mm. but then the rest of the time she has like free reign to kind of head hop and go <laughs> yeah. between different people. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. She set it up early that she had that ability, which it's I true. like. Because like I in movies, a lot of movies we watch, they do that. And I'm just like, there's no point in me seeing this scene if it doesn't affect the people we're supposed to be watching anyway. Mm. Um, and it is like a thing where you've got to be careful when you're like choosing whose head you can go in. Because like you said, if the narrator is has all this information available, you're like, why don't you just tell me what Voldemort is going to do? You know what he's doing yeah. because you know everything. Yeah. So you have to be like very careful not to like make it seem as though you do know that. You mm-hmm. have to make it seem like you only know like a couple of different things that are yeah. going on. When do you want to know more than Harry knows? Or when do you want the reader to know more than Harry knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good balance, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it is like frowned upon in certain situations. Like some authors are like the omniscient narrator is something which was a style that was used more in the in the past and it's kind of harder to pull off now. People normally choose to be limited and just stick to one person that they're following. Mm. Um, and there was what there was a thread this forum that was saying, how did she get away with it? <laughs> and some people like, she didn't get away with it. She knew exactly what she was doing mm. and she didn't overdo it and she balanced yeah. it really well. Um, but like I said at the beginning, like how can you tell the story from the the moment he was born or sorry not the moment he was born the moment that like the moment he's uh, his parents died and yeah yeah like how can you tell that that that's the change that begins the story so like how can you do that and also be you know in his head it just wouldn't work so yeah. i think she kind of had to do that and she did it well yeah yeah i agree yeah that's a really good point actually but yeah that's just a random extra bit you don't have to include that i've just like we can't. I just, you like, don't have to, to. Look at it. <laughs> what do we have to include <laughs> what should we go through this and, and... i don't think there are rules <laughs> more like guidelines anyway just okay. like writing <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know that's that's good for the topic i think um, i think so yeah we can move on I, in ed machine it thanks for joining us uh, yeah thank you, you yeah, guys were absolutely us. lovely to have on and Really great insights. If we were just talking about it ourselves, we would have been like, yeah, she's a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, it's been lovely. And also nice to see you because it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, love More Zoom calls in the future. Mm. Virtual, yeah, we definitely should. Virtual hugs and butter beers. 
Oh, hugs and butter beers. That's nice. All right, guys. It's dinner time yeah. here, so we're going to go and get some All right. Food. Enjoy. All right. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. time for the quizzle the quick quotes quiz as it used to be called a long long time ago uh and uh for this one i've chosen a friendly what i think is a very friendly quote because laura called me mean last time so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm trying to i'm trying to be nice this is me trying to be nice Aww. all right so uh i probably still won't get it <laughs> you might so here's the quote we're looking for uh, who said it and in which book and then bonus points for the chapter title. Okay. The truth, blank side, is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with great caution. Mm. Again, that's uh, the truth, blank side, is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with great caution. Hmm. You can't Google Ooh. it. Put your phone away. I'm texting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot how this works. <laughs> I like, uh, Laura, the last text I got from you is, I need a gorge to scream into. <laughs> 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 it's so apt. Right? Okay, so <laughs> here's the problem. I don't think I made it easy enough. <laughs> So I can continue. I could, I could. So basically we were both wrong. <laughs> yeah, Slytherin points. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'll continue with that, the quote. Yeah, I'll continue. Because I sure. think that it maybe it, it becomes like a little bit more clear if I say the whole, the whole quote. All right. So the truth blank side is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with great caution. However, I shall answer your questions unless I have a very good reason Ugh. not to, uh, okay. in which case I beg you, you'll forgive me. I shall not, of course, lie. So for the first round, um, Laura answered Arthur Weasley, book five, and the chapter title is Grimmauld Place. Hmm, okay. And the second one, uh, and Craig's first answer was Rufus Scrimger, book six, Home for Christmas or something like that is the <laughs> chapter title. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> uh, Laura, which one do you want? The second one? Um, I think probably the second one, but you can read them all. Okay. So, McGon- so, <laughs> McGonagall. so Laura said, McGonagall, book three, werewolves, and then three wolf emojis. Uh, but then she said, or I guess book one, when they're like, we know about the rock. <laughs> Which what? I assume you meant the, the philosopher's, philosopher's stone. stone. We know about the philosopher's stone. Gotcha. Oh, hilarious. That was my withering Hermione in case. It's very good. Thank you. And then Craig's answer was Dumbledore, book two, the hospital wing. And you both get half points. Woo. How? Because <laughs> it's Dumbledore book one. Oh. Yeah. But I went with the second one, so I'm totally wrong. No, but you said the first one. Or the second one was book one. Oh, the I last the one second you... one because I, I gave you three answers. So I meant chronologically go with the werewolves. Oh, uh, I thought you meant the second of those two answers. 
Uh, I'm still going to give it to you. because for one answer thing. <laughs> I'm going to give that to you because you did guess it. Um, I was right at some point in my life. So thank you for the points. I'll take them. All right. So, so it's Dumbledore, book one. And uh, the chapter title is The Man with Two Faces. Mm. Um, it's like, because book one's so fast, it just kind of goes from like Harry fighting Quirrell to straight to the hospital wing without like a chapter break. Right. So that's when, uh, when I think, uh, you know, Harry was asking stuff, first asking stuff about his parents and, and Voldemort and the connection there between them. So yeah, okay, I could do better. I can I can make it more accessible. But I sometimes I have <laughs> heard you. that quote as like kind of a famous one. So I thought, oh okay, maybe. Uh, yeah, I haven't been reading I... any of these books since before we started. So that's true. It's just like I as have. time goes on, it's going to get worse and worse. Any interest in rereading them? Uh, do you not like rereading Someday, things? But I have other things on my mind. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, that's good. Good quiz. I don't think I've heard that outside of the book ever as mm. like a famous quote or anything. So that's nice that it is, though. I don't know. Maybe it's not that famous. I think I've just like seen it on stuff. Something on Etsy. It, yeah, inspirational yeah. I feel like there's a whatever. certain collection of quotes that are very Pinterested. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what's next, actually? What are we doing next? What's this next thing? Uh, is that my... Oh, is it your... My new thing? Yeah. Okay. And I'm changing it from that one anyway. Are you? (laughs) Uh, I'm changing Castaway around. I don't really like how the segment works, so we're going to do something else with it. And what we're going to do is take any other literary, or even from a movie or just story, uh, of like a fantastical element that is also in Harry Potter. So there's a lot of overlap uh, with other fantasy genres and we're just going to compare them. So cool. for this one, I figured start out lighthearted. Fireworks in Harry Potter with the we- Weasley Wizard Wheezes mm-hmm. versus Gandalf's fireworks in Lord of the Rings. Oh, I love this. I don't know what to call this segment, so if you've got ideas, let me know. This is awesome. Um, I'm just thinking of segment titles, but they're all crap so far. So <laughs> we'll get a Google Doc going of them. We'll call it Boom Boom Boom. I first. <laughs> what? Because they're fireworks. It's not always going to be about fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off lighthearted. <laughs> next episode, we'll do like. Aragog versus Shelob. Um, cool. Well, I mean, out of things, ah, fuck. I think I would prefer the Weasley Wizard Weezes because at least they're more accessible. You could anybody could just go in and grab the fireworks, buy them, and then be like, hmm. "This is a bitch in Canada Day party or whatever." <laughs> like, but Gandalf's really the only one who can do his fireworks. True. That being said, Gandalf's fireworks are way, way, way better. He's got yeah. a monopoly. He's got a monopoly. Well, there are like, other wizards. They might have fireworks, too. Do you well, really want true. Sauron's fireworks, though? I feel like or they would Radagast. be very symmetrical <laughs> and well right. thought out, actually. 
No, his are just explosions. He had that firework. Uh, oh, yeah. But I feel like if you were like, listen, boom, boom, Saruman, boom. we're tasking you with the firework show. I think he put on a decent display. Like, he, he's not fucking around. He's got a name, you know? He's got a brand. I feel like I think he's, he's not lighthearted enough for fireworks, He's an arms though. dealer, yeah. Well, like, so, yeah, it would be, it would just be a show of power. People would be terrified at the end, but, like, I think it would be pretty spectacular. Hmm. Mm. I think if he, if he thought the audience was, like, worthy, like, if he was entertaining for... Sauron. Somewhat, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that was his, like, audition to get on the yeah. bad team. <laughs> it's like, here's a bunch of fireworks I can do. I think that's what Helm's Deep was. Oh, maybe, yeah. This explosion is my firework. It did it. But yeah, I mean, like, I... So, for people who do not know maybe what we're talking about, so in Lord of the Rings, um, Gandalf, he sets off fireworks. They're really cool. Some are, like, coins that float to the ground. There's one that's, like, turns into a a dragon, and it's, like, flapping its wings, and it's breathing fire. It's really cool. Um, The other one was, like cool swords that kind of like go down and then like splay out and like Mm -hmm. it's really really neat and of course anyone who's listening probably knows about the harry potter fireworks so i don't have to describe them to you but there's things like (laughs) um sparklers that spell out the word poo (laughs) um which i think is great and they talked a lot about catherine wheels but i don't actually know what those are Neither do I. I thought they might be just the ones you kind of like pin to a fence post and it it spins like a pinwheel, but I'm guessing it's something English. Oh, yeah. You know, you're right. That's exactly what it is. The Catherine wheel or pinwheel is a type of firework consisting of either a powder fill, whatever. Okay, that's (laughs) (laughs) I got bored. We're now now that podcast that just reads Wikipedia. (laughs) Kind of. I've just been Googling things like this whole episode. Like JK Rowling writing process. <laughs> um, uh, anything else? Fireworks? Well, Who, I, I, sure, I feel like I spoke my piece. Yeah. What do you, like, What which would you prefer? If you could choose Gandalf's. but one. Gandalf's for Laura? Yeah. For scale and magnificence? Uh, Why would you choose Gandalf's? Uh, they're more exclusive. Like, you you know you're Ooh. in for a show when he shows up. It's curated. Um, <laughs> he has, like, he's got the inventory, whereas, like, I, I love fireworks, but I, like, I always feel like the neighborhood fireworks are, like, a waste of money because you get, like, a Roman candle that goes up and you're like, oh, wow, someone just spent $100 on that. Cool. What a waste. <laughs> but, like, when they're all together mm-hmm. in, like, a big, like, symphony, um, that's what I'm into. And I feel like Gandalf is more that style. Although fireworks that That's spell true. poo are really on brand for me. So it's a hard one. I'd say Gandalf as well, just because the Weasley ones stick around too long. And I think part of the allure of mm. a firework is that it's there and then it's gone very quickly. So if they're just hanging around for hours after ha- after the fact, then maybe they lose some of their zeal hmm I don't know. yeah cool. i think the, the the weasley ones did get like tired yeah but i think that that would be better hey that's a good point that's good for uh the new castaway uh give me some new names and if you have anything 
you'd like to say about Aragog or Shelob, that'll be in the next episode. So they will battle it out for who is the best spider in fantasy. <laughs> Are these going to be like different, different booksies? Like, or is it always going to be Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter? I think just because we like talking about Lord of the Rings, the next one at least will be. Or maybe a few, like Smog versus the dragons in Harry Potter, but there's a lot of correlation, but I think it can be open to anything. Fantasy face-off, it's what it's called. <laughs> uh, sure. Book swap. Um. <laughs> See, these are gold. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. No, I like that, Craig. That's a, that's a fun segment. Now it's time for characters from other shows that are in Slytherin. I made it up. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to just like get you guys to think of it for a really long time because it's just so not worth it. Like it's the dumbest <laughs> gag and I wish we never started it, but here we go. All right, it's 30 um, Rock then. <laughs> it's 30 Rock. Um... So we actually got this, e- I think we got an email from her a long time ago, but I have not actually done my due diligence and searched our, e- our email inbox. So um, this is just from Facebook. Um, so this is from Jenna. She is a Hufflepuff. Ooh. And yeah, Hufflepuff characters for Slytherin, no less. Uh, Hufflepuff, sorry, Hufflepuff suggestions for a Slytherin character, I should say. So this one is Tommy Shelby of Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I have. I started watching about a year ago. Um, it's a good show. I'd say it's worth it. It's interesting. I don't know if everyone like everyone's quarantine needs right now. It might be a bit too dark, but it's fun. Anyway, good show. Good. So the main character, who is uh, Killian Murphy. Right. Uh, this is Thomas Shelby, or Tommy Shelby. Uh, so uh, Jenna says, uh, Tommy is a very complex character. Although he's the central character, it's not always clear if you're supposed to like him or not. He can be brutal and ruthless, but he can be also very caring and protective. He, by nature, is very loyal to the people he cares about, although they might not always see things that way. He's very smart and cunning and always thinking 10 steps ahead of everyone and planning out every possible reaction. By doing this, it's all often impossible to know what he's thinking. Um, so then she sent me a bunch of clips. I haven't watched them all, but we'll watch a few just now, and I'll share my screen, and we can get an idea. Sounds It's good. actually, the cool thing about this is um, Helen McCrory is also in it, who is uh, Narcissa Malfoy. Oh. And she's like a fucking badass. She's so good in this, so... Uh, Anyway, here we go. I'm in a room. And they're coming at me. But it's okay. I want them to. Last thing I want is silence. Standing up there in silence and someone says... Sorry about all that noise. Sorry about all that dust. Sorry about all that mud and all that fucking blood. And you say, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry, it's all I can do now. 
You want me to write this down? Do you want me to write you a fucking letter? Me and Arthur can't write it down. Because they haven't invented the fucking words. Is he a writer? Yeah, for context, so um, in in an earlier season, they uh, were um, a few of the characters went to went through World War One. Hmm. So I think that's like what he was referencing. Sorry, Thomas Shelby from where? From Birmingham. Goodness. No, not much. Hey, Carlton. I breed racehorses and train them. What is it you do? I rarely answer questions. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Must be nice to just be like, nah, I'm not going to say anything. All right, so here's one with Helen McCrory. So she plays his aunt in this. John, you caught Angel Changretta. Even though Arthur told you to apologize, mm-hmm. Polly told you to compromise. Mm-hmm. He chose not to listen to Mr. Apologize or Mrs. Compromise. And now I've got an Italian walking around my backyard saying he's going to kill my brother. So what do we do, John? Do we apologize or do we compromise? Oh, it was just something John said as a joke. Yeah, but he's your brother as well, Arthur. Something John said without meaning it. So should he apologize in Italian or in English? Or should we ask them which fucking language they prefer? I'm not clear. You said while this business was going on in London you wanted peace at home. And the only way to guarantee peace is by making the prospect of war seem hopeless. If you apologize once, you do it again and again and again, like taking bricks out of the wall of your fucking house. Do you want to bring the house down, Arthur? Yeah. If you're soft on rebellion, it'll grow. What is soft on rebellion? You did the right thing, John. Now we go on the offensive. We take two of the Changretta pubs, we take them tonight. That's it. Oh, right. For Christ's sake, why? Hey! Why? Why? Because we fucking can! Because we fucking can! And if we can, we do! And if we lift our heel off their necks now, they'll just come at us. Is it like a like a real story or is there anything fantastical about it? Because I thought it had magic in it or something. It does not have any magic in it. Hmm. No, it's a it's like set in um I think it starts in like nineteen. 19- 10 or earlier it reminded me um, of gangs of new york yeah it's kind of, well it's kind of like that where it's 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 basically the story of of a gang from birmingham and then what they like their ins and outs and that kind of stuff gotcha um seems like he can do a good accent though i mean he's, he's always been good i don't think i've ever seen him act in his normal accent yeah, I think he's Scarecrow. Irish, right? He, he is, yeah. Oh, he is Irish. Yeah. yeah. That I didn't know. I guess with the name Killian, it makes sense. 
Killian Murphy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think Jenny, she just mentioned that maybe she suggested it before, so I think that's why there was an email that came in. Um, but I do love the love the suggestion. I remember when I first, I remember I first read it from somewhere, and I really liked it then. But uh, yeah, I really like the suggestion. I think he's a really good Slytherin. I think he is like kind of hard, um, obviously, but like, you know, he's uh, he does have a lot of loyalty for people who are in his in-group and, um, you know, he's he's very strategic and he's just constantly trying to, yeah, think ahead and, and plan things out so that his family is okay at the end of the day. Yeah. Seemed very ambitious. Yeah, he is very ambitious. It's kind of like Downton Abbey, but like the other... <laughs> yeah. Where something actually other. happens. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I love the suggestion. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, points to Hufflepuff. And uh, yeah, Thomas Shelby. King of yeah. Slytherin, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, good one. Thanks, Jenna. Oh, yeah, it's Jenna. I called her yeah. Jenny. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we have a question. I'm not 100% sure where this question came from, but that I think it might. That was from Sam. This is from Sam as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, lately we've been doing like, uh, you know, questions that listeners send, send in and they're usually kind of like, kind of like wizardy brain teasers or... Paradoxes or... Paradoxes. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, Sam writes, uh, does the metamorph magus ability mean you're actually able to generate hair gel and other beauty products naturally? Um, so you could be your own cosmetic line or not. And what I think that means is not actually generating the product in your hair, but generating hair that naturally looks like that without product. That's my thought immediately like if you wanted eyeshadow you'd just make your eyes darker like the skin pigment would change rather than suddenly there's makeup appearing on your face yeah that's what i would assume so man i'd have like or it's like a filter like a snapchat filter yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i think that that'd be more like a charm Mm -hmm. which would be uh, you know fairly useful can you revealio a metamorph magus? Maybe. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Because like, that's natural. Because maybe what it is, is it's like, it's a glamour that works on the brains of the people who are looking in their direction, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you, you'd be able to debunk that with like muggle security cameras or something, but I don't know. Hmm. Well, it's set up to be that they're actually changing their face like but they're still gonna like elastic back to their their natural OG. yeah or like if they die in like like pig nose form do they is their corpse pig nose i would assume that's it the thing. would wear off i think that's it i yeah. think when they change their body it actually physically changes until they change it back i figured it'd be like a concentration thing like they could hold I it i think it's a concentration to change it but I don't know, because like things like Tonks usually has like pink hair and we know Teddy Lupin has like blue hair or something. And it's like, would you really want to walk around all day like being like, Ugh, like straining so that you have blue hair or pink True. hair? Maybe that's easy, though. 
Like changing your hair color is Maybe just super easy. simple. It can if just it's like something that like you breathing. do a lot too, like it's Practice, it's just yeah. like muscle memory for us. Like, yeah, it's hard to do a handstand the first time you do a handstand, but like once yes. you've learned how to do it, it's, it's not as hard. Easy. You can slip into it. Is this it a brag, or... Laura? Can you do a handstand? Oh God, no. <laughs> I can't even do a push-up. Right, I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah, <laughs> don't you forget? I have I have two cans of <laughs> primo thick and zesty spaghetti sauce on the dresser over there that I use to lift. They weigh a pound and a half. <laughs> and yes, it's hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, I think you could probably even if it was like something you're you're holding it. You have to like concentrate to look that way, which I think is more like a mystique thing. Mm, yeah. But like mystique from X. Yeah, I think you could definitely change change your yeah. I just said that <laughs> didn't provide any context. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah, I think that you could just you could change your. I mean, oh my god, the money I would save. The money yeah. alone yeah. I would save on cosmetics and hair stuff, and just like skincare. Crap! And the time you would save nails. Well, but like, you can change your skin, but would things like acne still be like? No, you're not changing the oiliness of your skin. You're still gonna have a giant zit on your wedding day or something. (laughs) Or could you just will away a zit? I think so. I think if you can change your face into an old woman face, and then if you had like melanoma. Is that it? Mm-hmm. On your face or something, and you get rid of it, are you suddenly cancer-free, or is it hidden there under the folds? I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think wizards get cancer. No, it, they're physiologically they different, but if they did. I don't know. This is very interesting, because I always assumed, I think you can change the oiliness of your skin, and you can change the pigmentation. So maybe you could take the color away from the pimple, but maybe the pimple remains because the pores are just sort of, you still have pores, but they're just like growing or shrinking or there's more added. Well, you could clear it easier, you'd think. Like, can they just like go like this and slough off all their, uh, all that gunk that comes out of pores when you do like a mask or something? Oh God, I don't think so. Or do they just strain and it just shoots out of them? Well, it's not like their skin has like their pores have muscles. <laughs> like maybe for a metamorph magus, they do though. Maybe that's how they change the pigment and the shape. Tiny hmm. muscles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you buy a product from a metamorph maga that you knew was just like oh, if. uh, Teddy Tonks is making hair gel or something, would you buy his brand? Knowing it just came from his scalp. Well, I mean, I do not believe he can generate hair products. (laughs) But if he could. Let's be fair. I'm also just grossed out by the idea that he's like milking his own hairline for his beauty products. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say no. Gross. I am out. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think there'd be many people lining up to buy it, even if it was... (laughs) Yeah, I think that'd be gross. All right. Well, that was a good question, Sam. I, yeah. I think we debunked it, though. <laughs> we busted yeah. it? Maybe. Is it busted? Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to wait for his answer. Myth busted. <laughs>
Cool. So we actually have another suggestion from De- Jenna Wall. She's on a roll. Mm-hmm. Or Jenna, I should Hufflepuff say, uh, from Hufflepuff. Um, so she suggested a uh, a different kind of be banished befriend, but for magical places. Um, <laughs> we just keep getting away way farther and farther from the original. Um, it's fine. It works. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so these are different places we would want to either travel to, live in, or destroy. Okay. Um, she had like destroy and or be exiled from, but I kind of like the idea of destroy. <laughs> yeah. It's the closest to kill. It's like kill. Kill, yeah. kill, crush, destroy. Um, so the three suggestions that Craig wrote down are to choose from are Hogshead, the Hogshead, um, Durmstrang, or Malfoy Manor. So where do we want to travel to? Where do we want to live in? And where would we want to destroy? Uh, do you have one, Craig? Or- I think I would definitely travel to Durmstrang because... Hmm. There's probably some amazing scenery. It's up in the mountains and it's nice and cold. So you probably get a lot of like snow covered villages similar to uh, Hogsmeade, but just like more austere and maybe like almost like little castles in the side of the mountains or something Mm. like that. I think it would just be beautiful. And then I would, I would live at the Hogshead. It was freaking cute as heck Aww. in uh, uh, Harry Potter world. So why not go down, have a beer when you wake up? It's like when um, I don't remember what it's called in Friends, the cafe. Central Second, Perk. Central um, Perk. Um, yeah. Before it was a coffee shop, it was the bar and they all lived upstairs. And when they were young, they'd just come down to the bar and hang out there. And then it <laughs> eventually turned into a coffee shop. But that would be my ideal like a bunch of friends living upstairs at the hog's head no one's bothering us (laughs) and then i'd destroy malfoy manor (laughs) because it's unnecessary eat the rich yeah (laughs) eat the rich that's a good one um nor do you have yours or i could go if you don't i think i would i would live in malfoy manor because i imagine it's pretty nice i like nice things looks fancy yeah could give it a facelift so it's not so dreary if that's like their brand and Um, you get the peacocks the white peacocks yeah yeah those seem actually pretty pretty dope to have in your front yard backyard yard garden i don't know what you call it Um, yarden yarden (laughs) got some peacocks in the yarden um (laughs) so yeah i'm gonna live there um and I'm going to travel to Durmstrang because I haven't seen it and I like going to new places because what a luxury. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I would destroy the hog's head by like partying too hard. Oh, damn. Gotcha. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Just trash it. Just very trash funny. the place. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we destroyed the hog's head last night. Yeah. And I also feel like of the three, it could recover the easiest because it's just a room with like tables and chairs in it. So it's true. It's not super fancy to begin with. Yeah. It's not going to break too many hearts because the three broomsticks is like down the street and it's yeah. popping. So. I, I didn't choose nice places on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great mm. one. Yeah. Mm, I think I'm like 
remember the amalgamation between you you both i think um i well i think we all want to visit wait let me think about this <laughs> i want to visit the hogshead because i want to go to bars again yeah. yes dear god uh, see, yes <laughs> if we were living above it we could still go uh, i just want to uh, draft so bad <laughs> i know I know, it's just not the same. I want to look at a menu again and not on my phone. (laughs) And not worry about touching said menu. I don't want to eat the same thing as Craig so that I can have some of his too. (laughs) (laughs) You guys just make separate dinners one day just to be like, I just I mean, yeah, our our leftovers are starting to bump up against each other. So we could could start Mm -hmm. having different meals. Um, so yeah, I'd like to visit the Hogshead. Um, That would be fun. And uh, support local businesses. Yeah. Um, I would live at Malfoy Manor. I would give it a big ol' facelift and probably like sell half the stuff mm-hmm. and give that to, to I don't pay know. for the renovations. Yeah. yeah, to pay for the renovations. Maybe I'd have like half of it as an Airbnb. I don't know. I definitely don't need all that space, but it is fancy. And I'm mostly going on, um, there's an ASMR Rooms YouTube video that is the Malfoy Manor. Oh, and yeah. it's the like the nicest one because it's kind of just like a crackling fire and then you hear people like walking across stone and there's a cat purring and I'm just oh. like yeah. <laughs> yeah give me that yeah, that's so nice. like I weirdly have like nice feels and then I guess I'm destroying the school because like fuck learning school set for the summer <laughs> <laughs> ever <laughs> but just in the north yeah yeah, I do actually like school, and it would be really cool to visit. Visit, I just like it feels just because of their their hot, their uniforms. The Durmstrang robes are like big, thick, like furs and shit. I just feel like that castle is fucking cold, and I would rather not Probably, be yeah. inside and but uncomfortable. Maybe it's like um, the Maid of the Mist, though. When you go to visit, they give you one of those robes to walk around. <laughs> <laughs> Still though, I'm not fucking that. I'm not. I'm not down with that. Like your your face is cold. Your hands are cold. Your feet are cold. You're still in it. Like it's still like. Oh, being there's outside. like there's like mitts and hats and like balaclavas in the gift shop. But like you, you got to pay for it. Yeah, they're uh, they're at a premium. And the maid of the mist, for context, is the boat that goes up to Niagara Falls. It's a world wonder. Okay. <laughs> the falls are the maid of the mist, isn't? It's there. Yeah, people though. would not all know that. But I like the reference. Um, yeah, so fuck the school. But I don't know. It's kind of hard because I, I did want to see it. Hashtag not my Hogwarts. Hashtag not my no. Hogwarts. <laughs> I don't know. It would be cool to see it, but it just seems cold. And the other one's a bar and a mansion. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna bar, pick mansion, the school. school. Yeah, it's yeah. like a weird version of MASH. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh yeah, that's a good one. I can see us doing a few more of those um, yeah, in sure. the future. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks for the suggestion. Yeah. That's all, folks. That's yeah. fucking it. Episode 87 in the in the bag. In the Third bird. quarantine podcast? Or second? Mm. 30th. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's our second uh, official podcast. We do have the, the mini-sode that we still need to right. drop. Sorry, guys. But, well, that'll happen before you hear this, so whatever. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. And maybe we'll do a mini-sode 
in the next few weeks again before our next mm. big old record. So yeah, just some some news to wrap it up. J.K. Rowling has been tweeting again, sort of since the pandemic. So far, so good. It seems like she's just tweeting nice stuff and things mm-hmm. about Harry Potter and things like to her fans and that kind of stuff. So, so she's not grounded anymore, but she's still on probation. She's not grounded. She's on yeah. probation. Got the ankle monitor. Mm-hmm. We do not forget, but there's really no point in canceling people because then they don't learn so yeah hopefully this means that she learned something from all of her turfness but at the very least it means that she's not alienating her fans anymore and people who love harry potter so if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all exactly but it seems like she's just saying she's just doing heartwarming stuff like people are asking her questions about harry potter and stuff like that and it's yeah. looking okay. At least it's not mm. horrible, but we'll we'll just have to see. Yep. Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> the what other the hand. fuck is wrong with Ezra Miller? <laughs> yeah. Was he in that uh, horror movie? Was he the kid that was like... We need to talk what's... about Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. That was him, right? We need to talk about Ezra. Yeah. All I saw was the original video and the original thing. Like, what's... Or he was harassing a fan who was harassing him. Or something to that effect, and he was drunk. Yeah, I honestly don't know sort of the backstory. I just saw the clip, and it's a very short clip. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can tell there's stuff that went on before and afterward, but yeah, yeah. But we the, only saw a tiny wee bit. The worst part was captured, where he yeah, like grabs a woman by the neck. Yeah, so I mean, to be fair, it's not like super forceful. It's not yeah. very. He's but not. He doesn't still. like throw her to the ground, but he does grab. Uh, she seems what looks almost like, like a, she's a joking at fan. At, at first, yeah, she yeah. kind of just falls down too. But then you can see, hear his friends being like, "Oh, oh, no, bud, no!" Like, I don't say bud. No. <laughs> like, no, Ezra, don't do that. That kind yeah. of stuff. So, um, and then the video cuts out. Uh, so I don't know really. We don't really know the backstory, but it's obviously disappointing. Um, and I haven't seen him reply to that with anything. Doubt he um, will. But it, like, even to like clear his name or clear things up, if if it was more innocent, then well, I imagine there are appeared. lawyers involved, so mm-hmm. probably not going to hear anything from him on it. I suppose, yeah. But it's kind of a bummer because like he was a bit of a, a shining light, I think, for the yeah, he was HP a fan ties. kooky, silly man. Yeah, and there's being eccentric and stuff, but I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely crossed the line. Wasn't cool. Um, Like, I've seen some headlines that were like, Ezra Miller chokes a fan, and it's like, well, he wasn't choking her, but he did. He grabbed her by the neck. See, with that headline and it being Ezra Miller, I would have thought it was just like like a a motorized fan, and Ezra Miller (laughs) was choking it, and then I was just like, wow. People are not into art. <laughs> oh my god, people hate this <laughs> this crazy artist. Yeah. <laughs> That's just his vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We'll keep that. We'll chat about that if, if more comes to light. Yeah. But it's right disappointing now we can just say, to say the least. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look good, but you never know mm-hmm. uh, how these things turn out. But uh, definitely not not the kind of thing that you'd want to see. It's all gossip at the moment. 
Yeah. This Just is what XO, we've devolved XO, into, Mrs. a gossip Norris. podcast. <laughs> Gosscast. With Ryan Gosling. Gosscast. Anyway, and more developments on that as uh, if things come out, you never know. Yeah, we'll have something to talk about maybe eventually, but for now, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> uh, that's just such a good uh, good quote for our show. Is just we'll have something <laughs> to talk about maybe eventually. <laughs> yeah. Setting up the pins, maybe they'll fall down eventually. <laughs> maybe. Um, so yeah, the last thing I wanted to say, um, we meant to bring this up last episode, but totally forgot. Or someone contacted us who's working on a Rob Knox documentary. Um, so Rob Knox was the actor who played Marcus Belby in Half-Blood Prince. Um, and they're doing a documentary about him. Um, he was unfortunately killed in a knife attack in 2008, shortly after filming his role in the film, which is something I never knew. I never Mm -hmm. knew that actor was killed at all um and so these uh the filmmakers are working with rob's father and david yates's team who was the director in most of the harry potter movies uh to bring uh this film about rob uh to life um so it's it's following his life as an aspiring actor and there's lots of behind the scenes on the half-bred prince there's interviews with jim broadbent and david yates and ray winstone who i don't know who that is Neither do I. But yeah, it's an independent film. They're hoping to release it this year. At least they were in February. (laughs) I don't know what their plan is now. Uh, But yeah, I'd say uh, keep an eye out for it. Who dat? Ray Winstone. Yeah, but who dat? Uh, He's in King Arthur. We just watched that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, so he's not in Harry Potter? I feel like he must have been if he's in the... I don't know. Maybe Maybe you just knew him through something else. Anyway, um, so yeah, they reached out. They, you know, wanted to say hi. And so we say hey. Yeah, hopefully that comes out. Yeah, it'd be good to see because I don't think anyone, well, I'm sure some people knew, obviously, but like the fandom probably as a whole doesn't really realize that he died right after or soon after. Yeah, so the documentary is called Knox, the Rob Knox story, and that's Knox with a K at the beginning. Um, the Rob Knox story. So yeah, keep a keep an eye out for that. Oh, he was really in King Arthur. Rob Knox. Same with Ray was he? Winston. Okay, cool. And you guys just watched that? Mm-hmm. What a crazy coincidence. Odd. Odd. That's everything we have. I guess uh since we do this every now and then, uh shout out to Nova Scotia and Canada at large. We just had a uh, you know, one of the worst, I think the worst mass shootings in 30 years or something in, uh, in Nova Scotia. It was a really shocking and, um, you know, um, a lot of innocent people were, were killed. So lots of love to everybody right now. I know it's, it's Mm -hmm. a hard thing to deal with on top of all the other hard things. So it sucks. Poor timing anytime, but right now it's, it adds on top of the regular fear, so that's yeah, yeah, horrible. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should end with fun. nicer stuff. <laughs> I know. What are you planning uh, for the upcoming quarantine week? That's gonna keep you entertained or keep you happy. Some something uh, that you're looking forward to. 
season three of Canadian Baking Show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if that's all it is, then that's fine. I finally got enough amenities to make a mushroom tent in um, Animal Crossing, so I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, I take take next Friday off. Nice. It's going to be a short week. I was just sort of like, I need a vacation day where I do nothing. And since I'm not going on vacation anytime soon, yeah. I have them to spare. Yeah. True. Very lucky. I just got a new game in one of my favorite series, so I'm playing that right now. What's your, what is it? XCOM. Chimera Squad. Keskilla. So, it's alien invasion, but this one's aliens now live with the humans, and they're dealing with, like, the p- political backlash of that. So, is it kind of like District 9, or but all over the world? In a way, it, except the aliens originally came here to take us over. So hmm. less, uh, less passive than District 9, which we watched recently, too. It's a good movie. That part where he spits out his fingernail is... Ugh, so disgusting. I have to look away. It yeah, there's there's me. a lot of that movie that I don't watch, but yeah, but it's so good. That's what we've been doing, just like going through old movies that we we're like, this is comforting, like good movies that don't annoy us with stupid plot lines or anything. Mostly yeah. me. <laughs> Laura, how about you? I kind of just wake up and decide on the day what I need. Well, you did something very nice for everyone last week, so you can take the day off. Yeah, Laura made this, like, amazing, like, hour-long slideshow of all of um, these party pictures of our friend group from, like, the last 10 years or something. It was kind of fun. It's so nice. Because I've only really looked back at them when they're on Facebook, and they're really, like... Like, I shot them with a DSLR, and, like, they're not, like, good photos, but it's it was nice to see them in, like, higher quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, and do a playlist that you sourced from people yeah. that one of our friends put together, and yeah. it's very nice. That's lovely. No, it's very, it very really chop shop, but I was like, I just think it would be nice for people to be able to have a dance party with their friends without having to dance with their laptop. like a grid of their friends awkward faces in a zoom call yeah and also like it's impossible to coordinate people so they can coordinate themselves and watch it on their own (laughs) yeah i figured like an on-demand friendship party for those of us who are exhausted by zoom (laughs) well is that all we've got i'd say that's it i think we we slurge we need some adjectives oh yeah but then uh Go Uh, home. We stay home, I suppose I should say. That's all for this episode of Mischief Managed Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can check us out on Instagram at Mischief Managed Podcast, on Twitter at Mischief Podcast, and on Facebook, Pinterest, and Tumblr. Rate and review us on iTunes if you get the time and if you want house points. If you want to get in touch, send us an owl at mischiefmanagedpodcast at gmail.com. Mischief Managed was co-created by the Quarren Treat, Aaron Reinelt, and original music by the Quarren Dream, Devin Highland. And as always... Mischief Managed! It's okay. okay. I was trying to gross you guys out by licking the rim, so like... Oh, Zoom is just like, I guess, ahead of the curve. They're just censoring you. Yeah. Oh, we see tongue <laughs> freeze. Like, oh, God, yeah. no! Get her out of here. No. Nope. <laughs>